What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another great diary entry. My name is Blake, the host of Diary of a Mad Black Man, as you may know already. And I got a very special episode. I'm coming to you all today. I have a very, very special guest with me. She goes by the name of Latrice. And uh, we're going to get into a lot of dope stuff today. So sit back, relax, enjoy today's episode. Um, and I'm not going to keep talking. We're going to get right in. So here we go. Believe me, it's me and you to the end. Yeah. Right, y'all. What's up? What's up? What's up again? Welcome back to another great episode of Diver Mad Black Man. My name is Blake, and I got my homegirl Latrice here with me. What's up, Latrice? Say what's up to the people. Hey, what's up to the people? What's happening? What's happening? Hey, Blake. How you doing? Man, I'm so blessed. Feeling so good. Uh, today's a really, really good day. Um, for those of y'all listening, today is April the 21st. It is 6.24 in the evening. Um, I'm here in Atlanta. It's a beautiful, sunny day. Uh, Latrice, where are you at right now? I am in South Florida, in the Fort Lauderdale area. Okay, what's so the weather like nice, down there? It is sunny and bright and beautiful. It, it really is a nice day today. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, same here. So, um, so uh, for those of y'all listening, um, today's episode is going to be really, really dope. Um, I'm really excited. I don't even have a title for this episode yet, Latrice. I wanted to wait until after we did the episode to see what the exact title was going to be. Um, okay. so I'm curious to how, how the conversation flows. Cause you know, me and you, we go back, like, it feels like years, decades already, but, um, we've been knowing each other about two, going on two years now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really has been years. So it has <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time. So, um, so for the people listening and, um, to go ahead and kick things off, um, take us back uh, to your perspective to when you first discovered Blake, like when you first found Blake, the host of Diary of Mad Black Man. Ooh, Blake, you're making me use my brain cells. So, um, I want to say, obviously, I think we met through Afros and Audio. Yeah, we did. And um, I want to say the first time we met was for the second annual Afros and Audio Festival. Um, and I believe you were one of our speakers. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, kind of just helping to coordinate and stuff like that. And I think we did a, um, we did like an IG live together or something like that, where I interviewed you and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I like him. I think he's cool. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. You know, I, I started listening to your show and I was like, oh, wow, because being a mental health counselor, being a therapist, um, you know, I'm always interested in hearing people's stories and stuff like that. And so I really enjoyed the fact that you were so open about your mental health journey and your experiences with uh, mental illness and, and just trying to navigate all of that, you know? And so I said, um, you know, there's somebody I want to keep in touch with and I have, <laughs> and our relationship has grown. 
Yeah, it really has. I, I, I appreciate you for that, too. Because um, mm-hmm. it has been really dope to receive your support over the past couple of years. Uh, you're one of the many people that's part of, especially the Afros and audio community, you, Talib, and everybody over there that has really just rooted for me and supported me and encouraged me and was one of the first communities in the podcast world. I'm glad that it was like a black podcast community. Y'all were like, you're just dope. Keep doing your thing. Keep going. And just all the opportunities that have come from that. So I do want to go ahead and give you your flowers while I can on the record just say thank you I appreciate you so much for all you've done all your support because it really means a lot especially in this podcast world you know we really got to stick together and I know uh, we have so many big things coming for all of us and I'm happy to have been connected to you when we did and to just be excited for what's to come in the future too absolutely i appreciate that mm-hmm. you're welcome you're welcome and then now um i feel like like i said i feel like i've been knowing you for decades already um i know you pretty well but let's uh kind of take it back a little bit f- for the people listening um and tell us like like where you originally grew up um and what your childhood was like yeah so i am from new orleans louisiana um born and raised um my i'm the youngest of three and, um, you know, I, I think I had a decent upbringing. Um, you know, I had a lot of stability growing up, a lot of stability. In fact, my parents still live in the home that they brought me home from the hospital to. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. really uh, yeah. And they had that home before years before I was even born. Um, We had the same phone number up until probably about five or six years ago when they finally let go of their landline. Uh, We had the same phone number my whole life. So I grew up with a lot of stability when it Mm. came to things like that. Um, But, you know, I also, um, you know, didn't have the words to explain or understand it at that point in time. But, um, yeah, I had some self-esteem issues and things like that. I was bullied a lot. I was always the big girl. I've been plus size my whole life. Uh, and you know, kids can be, you know, they can be shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, they can. And, <laughs> yes. And so, um, you know, that was a, a little bit of a struggle for me growing up. It, it impacted my confidence. Um, and and things like that and uh, when it came to creativity I always did little things here and there like I always had a journal I um you know I would write like if we had an assi- a writing assignment at school I would write for the writing assignment and you know get selected to be in like the little poetry book mm. and stuff like that but just to pursue creativity outside of the world of education, like outside of the educational requirement, it just wasn't anything that I ever really did. And, um, you know, it, it was difficult because I never really felt like I fit in. Um, and that's with, you know, like with people at school, mm. but also, you know, within my family unit, um, I love my family and I, you know, I'm definitely a part of my family but I didn't really feel like I fit in, you know, Mm. Um, I I always kind of felt different. And so um, I think that really was kind of the basis for me exploring mental health um, and just trying to understand it. I've always been interested in other people and and how people just Mm. 
think and move and do the things that they do and, you know, the things that they don't do. And, you know, like people are just so fascinating to me. Um, and so, you know, this, this career, I kind of feel like it was a calling. It has called me. Um, and, and, you know, it's, I think it was the right choice for me. Yeah. Wow. That's really dope. Thanks for, for sharing that. And, um, I definitely uh, want to know more about how you actually became a mental health therapist. Like, what was that process like for you? Uh, because mm-hmm. since since meeting you, that has been obviously something that has really enhanced our connection. Um, having that mental health advocacy um, passion within us. I mean, you actually being a mental health therapist, um, you've helped me a lot of times. I think we've done a lot of great work together and you've imparted a lot of great knowledge within me as well uh, for free. You know what I'm saying? So, but again, I want to give you flowers for, for what you do because, uh, you know, it's good to have people that you can consider like a friend in the profession because, you know, you can give them a call and just let them know like, hey, this is going on. Can you give me your advice on this? So, um, so yeah, like what, how did you get in, how did you become a mental health therapist and what was that process like for you? Yeah, so it was really interesting because, um, like I said, it, it was a calling because I had never even heard of psychology before. I never, like, literally had never heard the word, or I could, I can't recall ever having mm-hmm. heard the word psychology before. And so I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but um, my mother wanted me to be a teacher. And while <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do, I knew I didn't want to be a teacher. You know, I knew that. <laughs> so. Um, I started off as an English major um, because, like I said, you know, I write well. I've always written well and things. So I was like, well, you know, I'll just, I'll do English. Uh, and when I went to freshman orientation, uh, they, that was back when, which sounds so crazy to say now, but that, I think that was actually the last year that we had a actual paper catalog like a course catalog oh wow where it was it was like a little newspaper (laughs) um and it it had but that was the last year the next year is when they went digital and so um but i had the little course catalog and i was flipping through the course catalog and i saw psychology and it described psychology as the study of human behavior and I was like, oh, wow. I was like, I'm interested in human behavior. <laughs> you know, like that's very interesting to me. I've always been like a people watcher. And again, like I said, just always curious about what makes people go, what makes people do the things that they do, like what what was going through your mind. I'm just absolutely fascinated by that. And so I read up a little bit more and I went to that section and I looked at some of the coursework uh, in the psychology program. And I was like, okay, this is this is for me. Still not really knowing what I was gonna do with it, but I knew that I wanted to learn more about mm-hmm. psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the thought process of becoming a therapist, it really, I don't even necessarily feel like it was a choice that I made. Um, it just seemed like the, the most logical pro- step in the process, gotcha. you know, um, it just, you know, it, the first, one of the first classes that we take uh, in psychology is learning the different fields of psychology. So you have to understand, you know, like there's abnormal psychology, there's this, there's that, you can go into administration, you can do this, like just kind of understanding what you can do with this degree. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I was sitting in that class, the only thing that really resonated with me was 
therapy, like, you know, going into private practice and becoming a therapist. Um, and so I just followed that path. It was, it just made sense. Um, and so the, you know, the goal from that point on was to get into private practice. Like that was, that was what everything was about. That was what everything was leading up to. And I finally had an opportunity. So I, I finished, um, Grad, I finished undergrad in 2004. I finished grad school. I took two years off. I went to grad school yeah, um, and finished grad school in 2008. And then um, I moved back home to New Orleans uh, and, you know, worked toward my licensure and I became licensed in uh, 2010. Okay. And um, well, really it was 2011. 2011 is when I actually got licensed. And I ended up getting a contract to do military counseling with this program um, through with the military. And I did that uh, for about a year and a half, two years. And, and then I was able to open my private practice. I had enough money to open my practice. And when I got into private practice, I freaking hated it. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> and I was so devastated. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because that was the goal, like yeah. that was, that was everything I was working toward. And mm. I got there and I was like, this is some bullshit. I don't like <laughs> this. You know, you got to deal with these insurance companies and it takes away from the work. But at least for me, it did, you know, like mm. because I was not able to sustain myself because the insurance companies will wait three or four months. Um, you know, you're submitting claims to them for three and four months and then three or four months in, they say, oh, by the way, we're not going to pay you for none of this. And so it's like either I charge the client for three or four months worth of services that they didn't know they was going to have to pay or I just eat the cost and now I'm struggling, you know, so I, I just didn't, it wasn't for me, I didn't like it. Um, and so I ended up closing my, my private practice. Um, and I'd, I'd only share that to say that my journey within mental health has been um, like a winding road, you know, because I, I thought that the goal was to be a, a therapist in private practice. And that was how I was going to connect with people and do the work and things like that. And then podcasting came along. Um, and, you know, it just kind of taught me that there's more than one way to connect with people. There's mm -hmm. more than one way to utilize my degree um, and to, to, you know, help people uh, in a way that's really meaningful and that in a way that really allows me to connect with other people, um, but also in a way that, um, you know, doesn't make me start to feel like I need, like I'm resenting the work because I can't sustain myself, you know? Um, and so it, it, my, my journey in mental health has been amazing, um, frustrating at times. Um, but you know, overall it's been, it's been really good. Mental health has, mm -hmm. has served me well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, I've had a similar experience. Um, I, I think we've talked about it before where, you know, when I when became a teacher, you know, it was like I sat and put all this time, energy, and effort into becoming a teacher, and I was so excited, and I finally got there, and I was like, damn, it's not <laughs> what I thought it was going to be. I didn't think I was going to deal with all these old, angry women all day and right. deal with the politics and the bureaucracy that comes with public school education and all that stuff. So 
Um, I feel you on that when it comes to that, you know, finally feeling like you made it or finally yeah. achieved that major goal. And it's like, damn. And then just like you, for me, here comes podcasting. You know, it, right. it took a couple of years after I left teaching to finally discover podcasting and to really tap in. And it's going on three years now. It'll be three years this October since I officially started podcasting. It's completely changed my life. Um, I wouldn't be the person I am. I wouldn't be alive. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, it goes that deep. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't know you, Latrice, either. So, um, similar to you, podcasting has really opened doors of opportunity. And it's just been one blessing after another. And now that... Um, I'm actually getting into more things creatively and new podcasts and stuff like that. I'm super excited about um, all the things that are here to come. Yes, I'm excited for you. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, so I do want to ask you um, one more question. I'm going to uh, open it up to see if you have any questions for me before we close this out. Um, so what are some other things that, uh, that you've actually done uh, in the podcast space? Um, especially, like, tell us a little bit about the things you've done with Afros and Audio um, and then I also want to get your perspective on, on podcast movement and what that was like for you. Uh, Cause that's something that I've shared with my audience here on the podcast. So I think it'd be really dope to, to hear about that, uh, with you. So, uh, so again, just tell us some things that you've done in the podcast space, um, about Afros and audio and then podcast movement. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've been blessed to, to really do a lot of different things in the podcasting space. Um, it, it has been an amazing journey and there's, there's so much more that I want to do. I have so many goals and things that, that I really want to accomplish. Um, I started off as a solo podcaster, like I would imagine a lot of podcasters. Um, I just, you know, somebody was like, you should start a podcast. And I was like, what's a podcast? Right. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, started doing my research and things like that. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Um, and so I started off as a solo podcaster, which I didn't think was anything significant until I um, actually did my first live show at a conference, a festival called um, A Pod Connection ATL. Mm. And um, at that live show, another group that was doing a live show um, that day, uh, the guy, he, you know, he and I were talking and he was like, man, he was like, I don't see how you do it. He was like, you, you just on the mic by yourself. He's like, I wouldn't even know what to say. And I was like, um, like, I didn't think it was that big a deal to be a solo podcaster. Um, but he kind of reframed it for me and kind of made me see that, um, it is something special to be a solo podcaster because you don't have that energy to play off of somebody mm-hmm. else, you know, in yeah. the conversation. So you have to, you have to be entertaining and you have to be interesting to listen to, and you have to, you know, be able to sustain someone's attention. Um, and I think, you know, my experience as a therapist definitely helped me out with that. Um, so the solo podcasting thing, I really enjoyed. Um, and then I also have had an opportunity to work on other projects. So I've worked on, um, projects about, uh, like we did a project with Vanguard Pro Services, Vanguard mm-hmm. Podcast Network. We offer pro services and we did a show called Miracle Messages, which was in collaboration with a nonprofit organization by the same name based in uh, California, in San Francisco, California. And we really um, shared the stories of the unhoused. Um, because I don't know if you're aware or not, but there's a serious housing issue 
in mm-hmm. um, the Bay Area yeah. and Seattle area and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And so um, that was really cool. Uh, that was the first time that I worked on something that wasn't mine. Mm. Um, you know, because everything that I do is mine. Right, <laughs> you know, right. um, so that was very interesting. Um, and I'm I'm very proud of of how that came together. You know, we did the best we we had, but I I'm very proud of uh, the work that we did on that show. And then um, you know, Afros and audio. I've had an opportunity to work behind the scenes and be a part of the team um, for Afros and audio, serving as the lead event consultant. Um, but then also, you know, who a lot of other shit, you know, um, <laughs> right. Afros and audio. I do a little bit of everything with Afros and audio, and I appreciate that. Um, I've had an opportunity to work with ABF Creative as a podcast manager, uh, which was really cool because uh, ABF, at the time that I worked with them, they had literally just won their first Webby Award. Mm. Um, and I was just, I couldn't even believe, like that was a turning point for me because uh, the founder of ABF, one of the founders of ABF, uh, Anthony Frazier, he reached out, like he jumped in my DMs and um, I just was, I was beside myself. I, you know, that was a huge honor for him to ask me to be a part of his team. Um, and so that was a great experience and I got some really great uh, relationships that came out of that. I've had an opportunity to work with Libsyn, um, which has helped me to make a connection with my one of my current mentors, uh, Elsie Escobar, also with ABF, Wanda Reynolds is one of my uh, mentors as well that came from that relationship and Wanda is the chief operating officer for ABF. Mm. Um, so I've had opportunities to, you know, just kind of meet some of the women in podcasting that are really shaking things up and that are really what I consider to be pioneers in the space who have taken an interest in me and who, you know, feel like, um, they want to help me feel like there's some potential that they see in me. And that is very affirming and and validating for me and just kind of gives me the energy that I need to keep pushing forward. Um, and so this year, I'm, you know, got a whole lot of partnerships and collaborations coming this year. I'm working on, um, you know, my current show, Stories All Around Us, uh, which I'm super duper excited mm-hmm. about that. I got a couple of episodes that I'm doing with uh, some other podcasts that I really enjoy, like Stitch Please with Lisa Woolfork. I'm producing a couple episodes for her. Uh, got some projects that, you know, audiobook projects that I want to work on, some more podcast development stuff. So, um, you know, I'm really just getting started and figuring out what my lane is mm. in, in this space. Um, and that's that's exciting to me. That's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. I'm excited for you, too. And, um, like, I'm, I'm excited to be connected to someone like you because not only do you have a lot of dope shit going for yourself, you're just so cool, so down to earth, so humble. So humble and just the space and just all the things you're doing. Because you're really, really dope. You're really out here popping big shit out here in these podcast streets. So um, I definitely um, appreciate you just being connected to me, uh, supporting me, and also just being on the show. So um, thank you once again. I appreciate you, Latrice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, before we go, I want to see, do you have any questions you want to ask me um, on the uh, mic right now? Something you might uh, maybe want the audience to know a little bit more about. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things that I really love about you, Blake, and I've told you this before, one of the things that I really love about you is your vulnerability and your openness and like, you know, your willingness to allow yourself to be seen. And and you do that episode after episode um, on Diary of a Mad Black Man. And so that is just so inspiring because uh, a lot of people have, you know, really struggled with, with that level of vulnerability. Um, and so my question, because if, if you anything like me, vulnerability has not always been <laughs> easy, you know? Yeah, so I want to know what, what was that journey like for you um, to vulnerability? Like what was, what, what was the moment or what was the turning point for you that made you say, I'm going to share my story. I have to share my story. Ooh, let's see. Um, I actually remember that very moment. Um, it was around the time right before I started this podcast. I was, and I talk about it on the podcast, the reason why I started this show. Um, I was in a very, very dark space. I was dealing with a lot of suicide ideation, just not wanting to be here, not feeling worthy of living. Um, just feeling like I wasn't of no value to the world. Um, I had lost hope in a lot of ways. Um, and I reached the point of my lowest is what it felt like. And I said, you know, if I really feel this way, why, why do I care about if somebody knows how bad I feel? In fact, before I leave here, I want the world to know my story. I want people to know what it is I've been through and why I've ended up in this space. And so that's really how Diary of a Mad Black Man started. Um, and from there, I found strength in my vulnerability. Uh, because of the people and the community I found, people like yourself, Afros and Audio, as I started to podcast more and really just dig into it um, as part of like a last ditch effort. Like, shit, if I'm really feeling like not, not being here, let me at least try and see what this is about. And it began to be healing for me from that point. And so that's why I just continue to dive deeper, be more vulnerable and more transparent um, and then now even moving forward, even after this podcast and things are doing more, much, much more transparent, especially online and the Internet now, um, it's given me a lot of strength, and a lot of confidence to just be myself, because I know we live in an era and age of social media and technology. And a lot of people are afraid to be themselves online. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I can be myself comfortable online, no matter what, like there's nothing that anybody can post. There's nothing I can ever see about myself on the internet that will startle me or scare me or make me feel any level of anxiety about how I live offline in the real world. So, um, that has been, you know, really my journey with being vulnerable and it started through podcasting and now it's going to a lot more avenues as well. So I'm excited. Yeah. You know, there's, um, I think people are so afraid of vulnerability, you know, like Mm -hmm. just, I'm not in practice right now. I'm not um, actively seeing clients. I actually work in mental health administration now, but I was in practice for like 11 years. And so um, I have a lot of stories, a lot of clients. I've worked with people literally all over the world. And one common theme is that people are a lot of times afraid of vulnerability because they think that being vulnerable makes them susceptible to pain or hurt. Um, ridicule, you know, just embarrassment, all of those negative emotions that uh, we associate with uh, letting people in. Mm -hmm. But the reality, though, is that vulnerability frees you. It does. 
you know, it frees you. And and you just really described that when you said like, well, shit, I don't already put it all out on the podcast. So can anybody tell me nothing about nothing? Because yeah. they y'all I done already said it all. Mm. I don't I said yeah, I'm fucked you. up. I said I do fucked up shit sometimes. I said that, you know, I, I be, you know, lacking confidence sometimes. I said I talked about my embarrassing moments. I talked about my painful moments. Um, and there's a freedom um in that. You know, there's a freedom that comes from just being able to live your life um, mm -hmm. unapologetically. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really interested to know um, how has life changed for you, you know, since you started opening up? Like, I know you said that, you know, like, you're not worried about what people got to say and all of that. And that, you know, I get all of that. But I'm saying, like, how has Blake changed mm. since? allowing vulnerability to to be a part of of who you are um wow that's a good question i think one of the greatest things that is done is it has allowed me to truly love who blake is mm. it's allowed me to truly embrace all aspects of myself because i've seen my, i've allowed myself to exist at what felt like my lowest point I've allowed these, um, at one point in time in my life, these like hidden dark secrets or these deep wounds. Like I'm not afraid to show them. And once I saw, showed them with the world, I was able to also see the beauty within them for myself. Mm -hmm. I was able, to, I've been able to finally discover who Blake truly is. Um, and I know that that's still a process I'll be engaged with for the majority of my life, but I feel like, I really discovered like that little boy inside of me and I just finally embraced him and I began to heal and I began to become a better version of myself. And it's allowed me to have confidence in who I am, whether that's anything from my sexuality to my mental health, to how I present myself, to how I look, to the things that I do, to the things that I like to do, to the things that I don't like to do. You know, I've been able to express so much of myself in this space that it's allowed me to appreciate all aspects of me because I put all aspects of me out there. And yeah. I know they say don't look for validation of other people. However, the validation of my community, of the people who listen to my podcast, of the people who support me like yourself and the Afros and Audio community and everybody at the Black Podcast Club, like that has also added to this new level of self-love and confidence that I have because it's like, if these people know about the what I at least thought were like the worst aspects of me or, you know, the most negative things about me. And, and they think that this is the most dope shit that I've been able to share that. Like they think that this is something that's actually really cool about me and that it, they understand how it makes me the way that I am. It's been a blessing because it's helped me to just love myself and appreciate myself more. And I can just be Blake in any space that I, that I show up into is allow me to really step into any room and command that room as me and not feel like I have to put on or pretend or, you know, portray to be something other than what I truly am. So that's, yeah. that's probably been the biggest blessing out of all of this stuff. Hmm. I love that. Thank you. I don't I, I, I even know what I just said. <laughs> I can't wait to go back and listen, but I just like, <laughs> I, um, I am just so, grateful and thankful and humble for everything that's come from me podcasting and 
sharing my story. You know, it's really become a way for me to survive. You know, one of the things I always say is, you know, I truly believe our stories are like survival guides to humanity, to other people. They show you how I've lived, how I've survived, and you never know how your story can inspire somebody else. Um, and so also connecting with other people who have been inspired by my story and who are continuing to be inspired by my story and who are excited for the new things that I'm about to do as well. So um, it's just a really dope space to be also be in a creative space to allow myself to continue just to create the lifestyle that I want to live. So and that's definitely what I'm in the process of now. So super excited about everything that's here to come. Well, I'm excited for you and I'm very proud of you. You know, I mean, it's it's. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to put yourself out there in that way. And, um, you know, I, I really do believe that podcasting is a healing art, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that your story um, is the perfect illustration of that. Um, and, and the reality of that is that uh, if, if you allow it to, podcasting can really help you to move your life forward in in more ways than one I've learned things about myself that I didn't even know I didn't know you know like I didn't even know I needed to know those things um, about myself but I'm grateful that I do and I learned those things because of podcasting in the course of podcasting the process of podcasting listening to podcasts creating podcasts you know like I have learned so many things about myself so i i really love this medium um and uh you know i'm i'm very grateful to have met you and to get to kind of grow with you you know and and peers and colleagues in this way so i'm very proud of you i'm very very proud of you thank you so much i'm proud of you as well you know you know i fucks with you you know i I would dead ass jump in your fight (laughs) listen okay i wish a bitch would don't come over here this ain't what you want this is not what you want y'all latrice i'm so thankful so appreciative for you joining the show today this has been mad dope i really love this episode i cannot wait to put it out um for those y'all listening Thank y'all for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we got another couple episodes left of the season, so I hope y'all continue to come back, continue to support the show. Um, and Latrice, any last comments, anything you want to say before we close out officially? Um, I'm just going to say, y'all make sure y'all listen to Stories All Around Us podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, everywhere you want to listen, it's there. Um, and please, you know, leave a rating you, and let me know what you think oh yeah i'm, I'm featured on that too y'all what, what's the title of mine again yes Patrice? you are your title is exist uh is uh black mental health matters and that is actually the first episode so um oh, that yeah. episode is already out so y'all go check out blake on the black mental health matters episode of stories all around us and leave a leave a rating in the comment let us know what y'all think make sure you tell us how awesome blake is yeah and yeah, how yeah. Lucky y'all we do are that. to have blake yeah, on y'all our do that. y'all go do that go do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh well y'all this has been another great dope episode of diary of a mad black man um y'all know what to do check out that description box on how to connect with me connect with anything we've talked about in today's episode and until the next diary entry y'all be blessed be safe take care of yourself and your mental health and we out